Let's Keep It Going, the podcast of Emmaus Church, where we sit down with Pastor Nick to have extended discussion over last week's message, in the hope that it inspires ideas in and around the Emmaus Church community. If you missed last week's message, have a question, or just want to know more about Emmaus Church, you can visit us at www.emmauschurchsc.com. Now, let's keep it going. Hey. Hi. Hi. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> Here we are. The, I feel the trio's back. The trio. We, um, we've been tossing around the idea of this, the podcast, how it's going. We don't get a ton of feedback, just so you all know. Hmm. So let us know what you think. Um, do we like having guests on? Mm. Do we like the OG3? Is there anyone in particular you'd like to hear more from? Yeah. We're open, receptive. Yep. We need your feedback. Okay. Your feedback. Maybe people just don't know how to access it. Maybe they don't have a Spotify account. Well, again, this is the wrong group to be talking about. I know. About. Maybe we need a better communication hey, if strategy. You're li- if, you're, if you're listening and, and, and you know how to get on Spotify, you clearly do because you're listening. Hey, find the people that have not been able to access this and share it with them. There you go. Hey, did y'all see the um, building materials over on the land? Mm-hmm. Talking yeah. to me or talking to the audience? Anybody. Yeah. Oh, you two? You've driven Listener, by here? Listeners, have you, have you heard? <laughs> have you have you seen the building is on the property? Yep, yeah, it's all like laid in down pieces. in pieces. Now it needs to get put up. Yep, that's exciting. Yeah. They keep looking at this. I drive by and they're looking at this water tank and they're like, "What do we do with this?" <laughs> they, they look super confused about what are we going to do with this water tank. I'm like, "Put it in the ground. Do it." Is yeah. that where they put it? I guess I don't know. So I learned something funny. Yep, people have enjoy riding on the gravel. <laughs> Donuts. Donuts. Yeah. Was mm-hmm. it you, Thomas? No. Mm. It's not no. a, I, I just, I don't, doesn't strike me as the best parking lot to do that in. No. I mean, it's not very private. Like, it's not like you can be under the radar. I wonder if anybody's pulled over and smooched. <sighs> I Any don't know. teenage lovebirds. <laughs> Let's hope not. Yeah. Mm. Find some paraphernalia. <laughs> this is getting some weird. Paraf- paraphernalia. <laughs> do you have a good weekend off? Yeah, I really did. I was worn out. It's tired. Um, it was great. We went up to the mountains and... Did some tubing, some mm. snow tubing, and relaxed a lot. It was great. What about you? You guys were up and... Yep. In- we went to the mountains as well, went to West skiing. Virginia. I think the coolest part is that where we, that's where we used to live. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't been back in 15 years. Wild and wonderful. And it was like the same long weekend that we did 15 years ago. So all the memories on my Facebook was like showing us in the same spots mm. and the same places and... Nostalgia. I mean, it looked exact. We, we look... Exactly wee wee? the same. We 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 look the same. We we. You said we we, so I was like, oh, French. French, but yeah, I haven't aged a bit. Not at all. Yep. Hmm. So yeah. All right. Deborah did a great job. Didn't she? Deborah. For real. Yeah. Deborah. I wish I could have been in the room, you know, because I listened to it online, and you could tell. It was like the phrase I used was like, it felt like a holy moment. Hmm. You know, it's like uh it was more than just a good handling of the text. I think it was, there was like a lot of vulnerability there and it just, whew. Holy moment sounds like a podcast title. Holy moment. Seems a little lofty, like thinking of yourself though. Like, like you could <laughs> Every time a holy I talk moment. on this microphone, we are going to have <laughs> it's, a holy if my, la- if my last name was like Mole, mm-hmm. 
I would, Holy mole. I would want the title of my podcast to be Holy Mole. <laughs> would you say Holy Mole? Holy Mole. Um, <laughs> Holy Mole. If your name, if your last name was Mole and your first name was Holly, uh-huh. Holly Mole. Do you know Holy, anybody Holy. with the last name of Mole? No. No. Mm-hmm. Robert Goulet. <laughs> Holy Goulet. <laughs> that doesn't work. Wow. Uh, We're off the rails. Off the rails. Let's talk about mutual affection. Mutual affection. Mm. I, um, That's what I think of. It's just like, yeah, it's warm and fuzzies a little I'm bit. Kiss you, mm-hmm. you kiss me back. Mm-hmm. I appreciated how she distinguished it from agape. You well, know. and I like that she distinguished it not just mutual affection with you and God, but it actually translates to you between people, people. Yep. your people group. Yep, it's friendship. Yeah, intentional sort of friendship. Mm-hmm. So why is that essential for getting it together? I mean, community is everything. People in your life, doing life with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, I think being a Christian in a vacuum doesn't work out well either. Mm-hmm. I would argue, I want to see your thoughts on this. I feel like it's almost easier to wrap your mind around love, mm-hmm. adding love to your faith, layering in love, because it's easy to, or easier to love people. Uh, even if you have boundaries mm-hmm. or love people that you, you may not know, like uh, an enemy or something. But in order to have mutual affection, you actually have to be in some yeah. degree of relationship with mm-hmm. in order, you know. Yeah. So there's a certain level of humility there that I think that like liking people mm-hmm. requires that, that loving doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's like... Uh is really considering the holistic kind of nature of what God is up to in Jesus, like mm-hmm. what God wants for people in Jesus. Salvation, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's the best word to use. Like, what does it mean to be saved in the Jesus sort of way? And it really is a holistic thing. It's not just, you know, where you tend to see, what you tend to see happen is people gravitate in one of two directions, is that, being saved is about me and my own personal life, you know, uh, being healed and forgiven and um, coming to know freedom and peace with God myself, or they tend to go the other way, which it's about generosity mm-hmm. and ser- and doing nice things for people and, you know, justice. Um, and what I found is like when you, when you make it all about one camp or the other, you like, you end up in, 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 in a ditch, mm-hmm. like there's a ditch on either side. And, like I know lots of people who, man, they've really emphasized that first part, you know, personal kind of personal salvation, and it tends to manifest in like self righteousness mm-hmm. uh, and lack of care and concern for their neighbors. Yeah. Or you've got people who tend to go the other way, and it's like it's all about you know social justice, and but they're like marriage is a wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have any deep friends. There's loneliness there. They're still dealing with bitterness and resentment. It's like, man, what Jesus offers us is holistic. It's, it has something to do with all of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. There's not much different between... I've like heard it like there's not much difference between a genius and an idiot if they don't talk to people. Mm-hmm. Like if, they, if, knowledge, mm-hmm. if knowledge isn't shared, then it's kind of wasted. And I think that's the same for like your faith. If it's not 
if it's if if you're not doing it in communion, there's not really any difference between you and a non-believer or, or mm-hmm. you without you with faith and you without faith is there's no difference if you're not sharing it with mm-hmm. other people. And mm-hmm. I just feel like that's why it's essential to be in community with people. Yeah. I, I feel this message, you know, people ask all the time, you know, why, why small groups rather than Sunday schools? You know, why do mm-hmm. churches, why have we switched to, to a more small group or community or life group focus rather than, Sunday schools and not just our churches, a lot yeah, of churches. Right. And I think this, her message really explained that reason because mm-hmm. we're not just a Sunday morning group of people. Yeah. There's the importance of, of, you know, bearing each other's burdens, being mm-hmm. involved in each other's life, knowing each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think God's preferred method of working in our lives is through other people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, we've talked, we've talked, we've gone over a couple of times, but the whole feeding of the 5,000 miracle of Jesus, you mm-hmm. know, how there's all sorts of ways of really kind of reading that, you know, it's Jesus supernaturally, you know, providing food for people, but he did it with somebody's offered lunch. Right. So it took that. I know some people who've even gone as far to say that perhaps this little boy's lunch inspired people to share. Either way, the miracle happened through people. sharing to other people. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I think so many folks isolate themselves and then wonder where God is, you know? I think you have to stay plugged in to community people. For it, it opens the door for God to really, really work in your life. Yeah. You know? I think about there's a certain level of trust too. If you were to really lean into this, because it's mutual affection, mm-hmm. that's kind of a two way thing, and you can mm-hmm. only really control your thoughts and feelings and approach. You just have to mm-hmm. believe that you are in community with other people that are at least going to try as well. Mm-hmm. Risk. Yeah. Renee Brown talks about what comes first. I try not trying to answer that, but which comes first, trust or vulnerability? Mm. It's like which comes first, chicken or the egg? Mm-hmm. You know, like tend to trust people that you know. Tend to only be vulnerable vulnerable people you trust. But you tend to only trust people who've been vulnerable with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, I I think something has to shift in your mind to really get what you just what you just said where. The goal of life can't be to not get hurt. Mm. Your comfort. Right. Right. Security. If that's your goal in life, then you're going to avoid all sorts of things that could be really good for you. Like the goal of your life is to become somebody. The goal of life is to grow. And I think when, when you have that mentality, like understand risk is part of it. Like you're going to move into, you're going to get into relationships and some people are going to hurt you and let you down and betray you, but not everybody is, you know, there's also going to be all sorts of amazing things that happen inside of those relationships. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What would you say to the introverts in the room that this might make them feel a little pushed? Hmm. Kind of similar to what we just said. Yeah. Like, you know, because it might not be natural, doesn't mean it isn't necessary, you know? And it again goes this sort of beginning framework. Do I think that life is about security and securing comfort and security and protecting myself from all the things that could possibly hurt me? Or do I think life is about entering into all everything it has to offer and coming out a different person on the other side? Like what's, what's the ambition? What's the goal here Mm -hmm. to become or to avoid? Like, Mm -hmm. and if you, if it really is about becoming, then you, then you have to recognize that some of the best things for you are going to be hard. Hard. And difficult, 
and it's going to require you to risk it and be uncomfortable. You know? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Here was my, my moment that I wrote down that I'll remember. If you think you're pursuing Christ-likeness without pursuing meaningful relationships with fellow believers, you're fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's talk about that. Let's, let's all weigh into that. Because one of the unique things I think about our church is that we do have quite a few people who have been hurt by church. You know, like they've come here. And I think, you know, what you can observe still is a, understandably so, a caution, um, maybe even a lack of commitment to things, right? Because there is kind of like, let Mm -hmm. me see, you know? So, like, that's a pretty strong statement to make in the face of that, right? Yeah, but I think there's grace in the stages, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Someone simply coming to church on Sunday morning could be a really big deal, mm-hmm. a huge first step. Mm. Yeah, and I think you know you hope there is progression from that point, but I think you have to hold space and mm-hmm. and offer grace to people. That that's where they're at. Yep. What are you thinking over there? I think there's like when when people are burned by. Church, and I'm not trying to diminish the way people have been treated at church because church, church people treat people bad sometimes a lot. Um, but I feel like sometimes it might have been like if they if they are burnt and they come to people come to a mass so they don't have to come to a mass like <laughs> like that's like why they come mm-hmm. so they don't have to actually come hmm. they can just you know, B, B. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people are afraid, um, because in the past they've put on, you know, they have a high expectation of the other people at the church and how they want those people to treat them. Mm-hmm. They have a high expectation of that when I feel like maybe they need to have a higher expectation of how they perceive the idea of church like Mm -hmm. because i feel like i've never been to a church more welcoming than a mass but i think people hear that and they show up and they i mean deborah was saying it you know they she showed up one time and no one said anything to her and like that's like that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. you know the the bigger a church gets or or just like on a weird day where you don't seem approachable. Mm-hmm. Like I think people have expectation to where like people need to come to me, mm-hmm. you know, and may, and, but then she like had this idea of like, well, I'm going to go to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hmm. I don't know. It's like whatever you have, it's like, I'm from, I'm also kind of introvert, introverted and I won't talk to somebody mm-hmm. because they, and I was like, why don't you go hang out with that person? I'm like, well, it, why don't you go call them? Go hang out with them. It's like, well, I'm not going to call them because they wouldn't call me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to call them. They're, why would I call them if they're not going to call me? Yeah. And it's just like this dance that people play with each other where it's like, just stop doing that and just mm-hmm. have a higher expectation of, of how you want to be as a person. Yeah. Um, rather than putting all the projection and expectation on 
how they treated you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I think what you said, both of you, I mean, um, that part you said about stages and phases that really hit me. Cause I, I remember if I'm really honest early on, I felt like a lot of us who were kind of, you know, leading the church was our board or staff. We had a little bit of a chip on our shoulder, um, because of some hurt, you know, and it was almost like, um, I don't know if, um, maybe chip, chip. I mean, that's the easiest phrase that comes to mind to describe it. It was a little bit of a, we're not going to be like this, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mentality. And then I, I felt it probably like a year and a half, two years in kind of get knocked off. There was like this, I'm done trying to, you know, not be something. Mm-hmm. I just want to be something else, you know? And there really was kind of like this relaxing a little bit. Um, but at the same time, there was kind of this wisdom and recognizing that like, there are going to be people who are just getting started on that journey mm-hmm. coming in and where we, we don't want to lead from that place anymore. We got to make sure we're creating space where it's like, if that's where you're at right now. It's okay. Yep. Like it's okay. You, you can, you know, be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but also making sure we're, we're doing enough that encourages people to realize you don't have to stay there though. Right. You know, you don't have to just stay angry. Well, that's, I mean, her, her quote, I will keep wrestling until forgiveness and peace is real. Mm-hmm. So if you just promise yourself, I'll keep wrestling, mm-hmm. that's what's going to move you through mm-hmm. those phases. Well, okay, let's get going with that. What's some wisdom? Yeah, any wisdom? And advice, say people who are listening who are dealing with some of this, like there's a hang up or hurt, you know, it has to do with church. What's some wisdom for them? Well, I'm not the wise one at the table. That would be you. Well, what wisdom you, do you have? Both of you are walking. I mean, I, I've got some, but I'd love to hear from I, you. I, I feel I always simplify it down to who I know Jesus to be because that I can grasp and I grasp that God is good. Mm-hmm. And if I can stay in that spot, I can not associate mm. the bad things that human mm-hmm. influence has had on church and Christianity. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, I feel like that's a lot of what causes people to get burnt out on church is because they they think and just or assume or they act like they know that everyone else at the church except for them is Jesus mm-hmm. and it's not true like no one's Jesus at the church they're yeah. all you <laughs> yeah they're like everyone yeah. is you not <laughs> Jesus mm-hmm. and so like when people need to approach church that way. It's like, imagine if everyone at the church was as crappy as you are, you know, well. like, as like, <laughs> it's like show, show up to church. If show up. So we should like every, normalize disappointment. Yeah. Everyone like, <laughs> yeah. If there's a broken car, like just assume no one knows how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And, but you're going to sit here and get mad. So I can't believe no one knows how to fix it. And you're getting so mad that no one's fixing this car. And I'm like, well, dude, you're not fixing the car. <laughs> like, and Matt, just assume everyone's you not knowing how to fix the car. Hmm. And you'll be less mad about it. You'll hmm. just be like, well, man, it sucks. That is a Thomas, like, gold, as a golden Thomas nugget right there. Hmm. That's good. It's just like, yeah, like, I'm just not going to come to this place because hmm. no one's getting me, giving me what I need, well, you know? I think it's always important to keep in mind the church didn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. Not some faceless organization. Mm-hmm. Somebody did, you know, or a group of somebody's did. I think it's important to I did to name that because it does help you realize, like, you know, n- 
oh, man, the church is not Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we are a group of people trying to stay faithful to Jesus, but we're not Jesus. So it's not Jesus that hurt you. It was, the, you know, uh, somebody in that organized body called the church. But even then, it's not, it's not every church. It was this one. It was those folks. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to, to identify that. Not, not just so that you can continue to participate in church, but so that you can actually do the hard work of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. there's, you can't forgive a faceless organization. You can't forgive, you got to forgive people mm. and you have to forgive them for specific things. And so I think it's real, it's important just for your own, own benefit, you know, to, to get specific there. But then something you were saying, Thomas, man, I think, um, I remind myself, the way I say it, I remind myself all the time is that people got lists on me too. Like when we get our feelings hurt, you know, if we're not careful, like self-pity really starts to run the show. And we just walk around with all these lists of everybody who's ever ignored me, hurt my feelings, you know. Mm-hmm. And what we tend to think is that we're the only one with a list. We're the only one that people have hurt, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and and I guarantee you, if you could see the world, you know, from an, uh, an objective position, there's all sorts of people we've slighted that we've hurt and ignored and harmed you know, like there are p- people have lists on us too. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of introduces some humility into it for me. Like, mm-hmm. cause if I'm not careful and I just like let, let pity really get in, all I ever do is like see myself as the outsider, perpetual outsider that everybody, you know, woe is me, ignores me kind of thing. Um, I have at many points in my time participated in a way that have made other people feel like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, cut them some slack. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you expect grace, grace, grace for you? You know, but then for everybody else, it's like, as soon as you cross this line, you're just going to write you off. You know, Mm -hmm. I've also seen people struggle with the idea of truth a lot. And like these deconstructed, these de-churched people, you know, I'll tell them, you know, I work at a church and they have, they have my number already. They have like their per- perception of me. And I'm like, well, no, it's not like that. It's like this. And I explain to them like what, what, what type of church it is. And they almost have less respect for me mm-hmm. because they, they almost know what the truth is of like, they don't feel like the, like if I'm like, well, it's, it's all about interpretation. Like if we're talking about scripture, if we're talking about our belief system, our culture, it's like, it's not, it has nothing to do with Jesus. They, they've, they've already decided a lot of times that, mm-hmm. that will know, like I have, the reason why I'm not coming to church is because like my truth, like they agree with mm-hmm. some of the, the evangelicals. Like they agree that that's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. They agree with what the religion is against. They, they agree that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, since I don't agree, since I don't believe that in that, that stuff, yeah. I'm going to walk away. And they almost look at me like I'm like compromising mm-hmm. or like ignoring truths in scripture or truths. And you're mm-hmm. ignoring what the Bible says to still be in community with to Jesus play church. and to yeah. play church, to play church, to be, well, I, you know, I think that's the beauty in this concept as Christian brothers for the two, you and the other group to learn to still love and respect each other. Mm-hmm. That's the... But I, I really do identify with that. Like, um, you know, some of my, uh, some of the ways in which my faith has changed, you know, convictions have shifted that have alienated me from big parts mm-hmm. of the church. 
sometimes the assumption is you've done that to be more accommodating, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or you've done it to try to make it easier. And that is so infuriating, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not true. Mm-hmm. I've followed, I've pulled the thread. I've followed Jesus to these conclusions. Like, and it hasn't made things easier, you know, in some ways it's made it, made it more clear and like, but, um, you know, like when it comes to my, that, how I understand the Bible, like, do I think it's perfect, flawless and errant anymore? No. Why do you think it's full of contradictions, you know? Um, but th- uh, me, me coming to that place has not been, oh, I want to figure out how to make this more palpable. Like, I don't like these yeah. parts. No, it's cause I've, I've followed Jesus there. Mm-hmm. Like it's Jesus that's led me to these you know what I mean? Like these places, it would, honestly, it was so much easier, like uh, how it was before, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't unsee what I've seen, you know? And I just, I do kind of wish sometimes there was an acknowledgement of that. Like I did not arrive at the, some of the conclusions that I've arrived at in an attempt to be unfaithful, mm-hmm. but it's actually been an expression of faithfulness, you know, following Jesus, uh, here, mm. you know, that does get a little, uh, irritating sometimes yeah yeah any more advice for people who are kind of you said so, you you talked about this the stages and i think patience is absolutely important mm-hmm. from every uh, every angle on this mm-hmm. you know like if you're the one carrying hurt mm-hmm. be patient be patient with yourself like forgiveness does not work like hammering a nail you know if, how many times we've said that it's like growing a flower you know you do all the things that are necessary but you know, sometimes you just gotta wait mm-hmm. you know and so i think for a lot of us being patient with ourselves. And then I think those of us who are leading churches, being patient with people. Like if you just stay true to who you are and you keep, you know, that uh, maintain that sort of posture, um, when people are ready, if they're ever ready, they'll make it known. You know, it's like to the people that are hurt, like name the hurt. Like, I think that's healthy. Mm -hmm. Like we were watching, (laughs) we were watching the bachelor, Mm -hmm. me and my wife, and there was one uh, contestant or somebody or how that works. The Bachelor's weird, mm-hmm. um, just in general. <laughs> but I don't know. We watch it. It's great. Uh, but there was one girl that was like talking about how it's hard for her to trust men mm-hmm. because her dad was like a part of a religion. I think it was Mormonism. I don't. I don't it, it sounded like Mormonism. It's like. And if you're not in the religion, you're basically ostracized and kicked out. And, and so like there was a part of her life where she was like very much in with her dad and her dad loved her and supported her and cared for her and was like her best friend. But then she disagreed with the religion Mm -hmm. and he was like, like that just cut her off. She was so surprised by how that would happen. And like, I don't know how that's possible for a person to do that. And that caused her to be less trusting of men Mm -hmm. and she was very articulate and very like man she knows the pain and knows a debrief she knows why she knows why this trauma and why she is and she was expressing it to the guy the bachelor and the bachelor was like oh that makes sense like was explaining was very like she knew why she was hurt Mm -hmm. and why she was wasn't trusting and i think that was just i think i would i I said out loud man that's so healthy like Hmm how you're able to just yeah. like find the root of why. So like these people who are just like, I'm not coming to church or I'm not going to be in a small group because of, and and that there's no explanation or there's like, I'm just not doing it. It's mm-hmm. like, 
or like not even figuring out why, like there's a reason why. And mm-hmm. like, I just think it would be healthy mm. to yeah, get name who to name who yeah. to name what, you know, so that the people who are trying to love on you, like, so they know. Yeah. And they're not just like, why don't you like me? Yeah. You know, like you're not making other people pay for somebody else's right. bill, you know? And I think, um, Hmm. I think, I think we have to reconcile this though. It's like, whether we like it or not, the thing that hurt us is going to be the thing that God uses to heal us. Mm. Like so many of our deepest wounds come from community, you know, relationships, Mm -hmm. people, the thing that's going to heal you of those is going to be new friendships, new people, new community. You know, you can't avoid, um, not, not if you're wanting to get healthy, you know, not if you're really wanting to heal from it, it's going to take another network of people. Now I, I want to say it that way because I don't think it has to be, you know, a church sanctioned group for mm-hmm. it to be church, sure. you know, like church. I think church is happening in all sorts of places that people don't even realize it's church. Mm-hmm. You know, like when there is, uh, this commitment to uh, each other, you know, um, growing in the same direction, particularly towards loving your enemies, loving your neighbors, like, it's church. Church mm-hmm. is happening, you know. Uh, I will say, most of the time, left to our own devices, right, most of our friendships form around like things like convenience, you know, proximity, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't ever get to that place. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, people say, well, I got good friends. You know, what do I need the church for? Yeah, you got good people you go on vacation with and that you, like, go to sports, your kids' sports games with, but, like, do these people know about what's mm-hmm. going on in your life? Like, are they able to help you? Um, so I do think what the church does, what it can do, if it does it well, is it like gets past all that. And it's like friendships that are for, relationships that are formed around like helping each other mm-hmm. be better humans. It kind of gets you to that place faster, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, whether, whether we like it or not, we're humans. We are incurably social beings communal beings mm-hmm. like it just it gets, it's in our it's in our dna like literally i was listening to simon sinek uh, the other day talking he shared that researchers have found now that whenever you're feeling like anxious or afraid mm-hmm. or just you're you're a mess you're just kind of you know uh, spinning your wheels on something they've found that eight minutes with your people will regulate you hmm. like just being, just talking to somebody that is in your circle and you're, you know, who has a seat at your table, just talking to them for eight minutes will help regulate you to where you're a little bit more like coherent and like, uh, clear minded. I think that's incredible. It's like a physical biological yeah. thing, you know? So they have like a little code word they use a lot. Like if one of them is just kind of a mess, they'll text somebody, hey, do you have eight minutes? And they know exactly what, what that, that means. means. Like, uh, you don't have to try to figure it out. It's just mm-hmm. talking and, and being with them has a way of like getting the water to stop boiling so that you can kind of like be clear again. Mm-hmm. I feel like the church has always been peddling this sort of like counterfeit accountability. Like it's like not like that whole situation where like you need your people to check yourself. Like that whole, they they've tried to hone in on that and capitalize on it. And it's like that, it's like that fake checking that fake Mm -hmm. judgment, you know, like that level of, it's so counterfeit. 
that like it always has to be a genuine, organic, authentic, like it has to be mm-hmm. authentic. It has to, what do you call that? When it just manifests mm-hmm. authentically, it can't be this thing where like, we're going to create this system where we put these two, we put this group of people together mm-hmm. like, and so that this guy who has problems is going to, be up against somebody who doesn't have that problem and then keep that person accountable. Mm. You know, like accountability partners that like are like, you know, mm-hmm. making sure you don't, you know, look up, up, up bad things online and stuff like, <laughs> like those things never work unless like it's an organic, authentic. That's why I think we're, we're so, uh, intentional about small groups mm-hmm. and how they're formed because we don't want to, just force this fake judgment accountability on yeah, people. It's a weird dance. You know, it's like, yes, organic, but also yes, intentional, you know, cause I've also seen, you know, uh, I've become a bit more dogmatic about this and in, in, in recent years where, you know, if there aren't certain ingredients present in this relationship, community connection, it's going to devolve. It's going to devolve into something that you feel like it's not worth your time. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of times people will come together in a group and they'll tend to lean in one of two directions. They'll lean either towards, let's just keep this social mm-hmm. and, you know, lighthearted and fun, right? Uh, or let's make this, we got to have a Bible study. We've got to have a worksheet every week. We fill mm-hmm. in the blanks, you know, um, not, not, don't get too personal. Like we need to be studying something, Right. And I'm like, there's gotta be both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There has to be both. Like that's a better way of saying it, like the right ingredients. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying like these all the right things to sort of drift mm-hmm. and they hit each other just randomly. Yeah. You know, like I'm not saying that. I'm saying Can't be like, forced. I'm yeah. saying like the right ingredients mm-hmm. intentionally with the right ingredients. Well, but even then, using the right ingredients, it's messy. It's so messy still. I was talking with a small group leader just yesterday, you know, and one of the things I have to keep reminding them of is like I take a lot of comfort from Jesus's parable about the four soils, the mm-hmm. different soils. And only one, one soil takes the seed, like it takes root in the, you know, and for me, I mean, man, that's kind of like, there's something about that. That's a little bit encouraging <laughs> where, you know, how many times we say it, like you start yeah. 10 groups. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a more than likely three of them aren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to make it. It's not going to work, you know? And then even the ones that do not everybody who starts in that group is going to be in it a year later. Right. It's messy, but you got to keep trying, Mm -hmm. you know, you got to keep trying, like keep showing up for it. Eventually it'll stick, you know? And then even within small groups, you know, let's say you meet 10 times, three of those might be absolutely magic. There's something incredible that happens, right? Um, The rest of them might be kind of meh or the whole thing might be kind of meh. But then one night you get a phone call from somebody who's in a, who's in a, they are stuck upside down. They don't know what to do. And they called you mm-hmm. and you get to come and help. So make, like this, it's as messy. This mm-hmm. isn't like, you know, you do A, B, A and B, C is going to happen. It is like, it's messy. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. I would say even that nothing, nothing is really wasted either. Like in those, those, every time you risk like being in a relationship with something, I don't think, I mean, yeah, you could say that, man, I really waste my time. But, like, as the same, like, you still know those people, you know? Like, I've been in small groups that haven't worked out. But, like, yeah. I'm glad I was a part of it because mm-hmm. 
I now know people yep. and I know, I know them by name and I like, I know what they're up to. And mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like a wasted, it's not personal. It wasn't wasted energy or anything like right. that. Like, yeah. It's all, it's all something. And it's also like, I think it's important to kind of keep in mind, like because it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean it's gotta be a big personal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's kind of like the, I remember like a uh, first big, big, bad breakup you had. You know, remember like right after the breakup, they're this awful, horrible person. But then like years later, you kind of look back and you're like, they weren't really all, maybe they were, but like not always. It just, we're good for each other. You know, like we didn't work. It can be like that with groups too, you know? Yeah. Well, we have a group life class. Yeah, we do. Coming up March, Mm -hmm. three week class. Yep. Uh, No commitment necessary. Mm. I mean, come learn about groups. We talk about those essential ingredients. Yep. Yeah. It's not a lot. We don't like, uh, we don't want to rubber stamp groups, make them all look the same, but there are a handful of essential things that have to be there or it's not Christian mm-hmm. intentional community, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's what we talk about and help get you started off on the right foot. Yeah. We got a good group already kind of yeah. committed to coming out, right? Yeah. About 25 people. Yeah. So if you're thinking about it, you will not be by yourself if you come. I guess the last thing I wanted to say um, that's that kind of hit me from Deborah's message is people who have been hurt by the church um, are incredibly brave Mm. to be coming back, sitting Mm -hmm. back in the pews or conference Mm -hmm. room chairs, whatever you have. Um, Mm. Then I think about Deborah who, who she's actually preaching and delivering a message. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that is super brave and I have a lot of respect for those people, but I also want to empower the people like the woman who walked across the room to Mm. find her Mm -hmm. and give her a big hug Mm -hmm. because you need to be both. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think about the people who found us, you know, mm-hmm. um, so many times, knowing the, knowing the stories that I know, I'm like, God, I don't deserve you. I don't mm-hmm. deserve you. Like, there, it really is commendable. Like, mm-hmm. There are people who have, um, who have been hurt in so many ways, but they still stay open. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, that's the fight in life right there. Mm-hmm. The fight in life is to stay open. You know, to not grow hard-hearted and cynical, but to stay open, mm-hmm. you know. And I think Deborah, she embodied that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think made it, made it such a holy moment, you know. It was a good word, Lindsay. Let me pray for us? Go for it. Let's do it. Uh, God, we thank you for the big, mess, messy gift that you've given us in each other. But we're going to hurt each other. We're going to let each other down. Um, I know, you know, as a pastor of Emmaus, I'm going to get it wrong. I already have. I pray that you just give us the humility and grace to own that, to apologize, um, and to make it right. And I pray for everybody who's on the other side of that, um, who maybe is listening, that um, you can keep them soft and open uh, to trying again. And Lord, we just want to be people who um, who follow hard after you and who don't quit on each other. Um, I think that's really at the heart of what uh, of what you're up to in and through your church. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.